Welcome back to the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph, and today I'm sharing with you an episode interview I did with my new friend, Lane. Um, he has a podcast called Fearless You. It's the Fearless You podcast. He talks all about fear. I was on his show recently talking about common fears in relationships, right? Because we know there's plenty of those. I go over the four most common fears and dissect them a little bit and give you action steps to take in terms of dealing with these fears and overcoming them. This episode is actually built in a very strong coaching personal development manner because Lane is a tumbling coach for for young girls, which is awesome. So he really does have that interest in mindset, um, the brain. We have a similar focus in, in terms of how we coach. So it's really, it's really a fun episode. I think I hope you guys enjoy this. I'm going to share half of this episode with you today just because it is a very long episode, but it is so great, and I didn't want to edit anything out. I was going through it, and I'm like, ah, I don't want to edit it. I don't want to get rid of it. Um, I want them to hear it all. Plus, the uh, the topic is fear, and Halloween is coming up, so woo! What better episode, right? It's all about fear and relationships. I'm going to cover two of the most common fears in this episode that I'm putting out, and then the next half of the episode uh, that I'm going to hold off, I'll hold off until next week, so either Tuesday or Friday, you'll get the remainder of this entire interview. So please enjoy it. I hope you get a lot out of it. Like I said, there's a lot of action steps that you can move forward with, so enjoy. Here it is. Hey guys, Coach Lane here, and welcome to another episode of The Fearless You. I am excited about today's episode because today we're discussing relationships and fear. And with me to talk about this is none other than Miss Steph Ganowski. Uh, Stephanie, thank you for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk with you. I'm super excited too. I'm even more excited now that we got all the audio kinks yeah. out of the way. <laughs> it's like it... it you know, amped up my, my excitedness. Yeah. Um, never been more excited. <laughs> <laughs> you know, most likely this is yet another fear topic that will become uh, a recurring theme on the show, mainly because it's one that has so many facets to be discussed. But with my growing interest and participation in the man enough movement, which is being spearheaded by Justin Baldoni and organizations such as a call to men, I thought it'd be really interesting to focus today's episode um, on the men and how guys can better understand themselves and the relationship related fears to become better men, both in and outside of the relationships. And at the same time, discussing, you know, uh, fears from the female perspective as well, which is why I thought Stephanie was the perfect person to come on today's show. So, uh, Stephanie, how about to get us started uh, for those who, who, you know, may not know you? Just give yourself, uh, do a little brief intro on who you are um, and what it is that you do and how you got to doing that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a relationship and intimacy coach for men. Um, I work specifically with men and I help them gain clarity on what they want in life. And especially, you know, relating to a relationship, the outcome is usually a relationship, which right. is why they come to me. But there's so many things that get in the way of of that relationship that we need to you know gain clarity more clarity on so that they can work on it improve themselves become the best version of themselves they could possibly be the best man they could be so that they can start attracting the women they actually want to attract nice um so that's that's how i work with them and i got into this because i was a fitness trainer for 
like five years, yoga instructor, fitness trainer. And I realized how powerful mindset was when it came to my clients reaching their goals. You know, right. those with a positive mindset always met their weight loss goals or their strength, their muscle goals. And those with without a positive mindset would fail or would give up and right. I would never see them again. So I was like, you know, this is really interesting. Like everything stems from mindset and belief in oneself. And that led me to being a mindset coach, which then eventually led me here um, to working with men with relationships and helping them, you know, find the find the women they want and attract the type of women they want. Because I realized, you know, there's no there's really no dating coaches out there that focus specifically on mindset or self-talk, especially working just with men. And I realized so many men, especially don't get enough. um, You know, there's there's no one really telling them how to feel and how to, you know, release certain emotions they have and how, and you need to do that. Like you need to do that as a human being in order to improve yourself. You have to get rid of the shit from your past. You have to be able to overcome it and, and improve your self-talk so that you're strengthening yourself and talking yourself up instead of talking yourself down where, where people tend to live in insecurity and fear and, and doubt. And they just, you know, sit there and live there. So I thought it would be, you know, it would benefit men so much to have someone, especially a woman, a female perspective, helping them see like, okay, this is like, this is a safe place. You can trust me. You can open up to me. You know, we don't have to out. I feel like when men work together, it's like, who's the bigger man? Like we have to out man. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's always a competition or a contest. Yeah. It becomes a competition instead of, okay, here's all my shit. Like, how can I figure this all out where, where they feel safe doing that with me? Cause I, they know I'm not competition. Right. Um, and, and I noticed too, that, you know, personally, and I've, I've talked to other guys that have agreed that, you know, when it's your, your, your spouse or your partner, that's giving you con- the criticism, even if it is constructive, it still feels like it's coming from that same place, like, you know, like, yeah. oh, well, I'm doing something wrong or, you know, you, you tend to get defensive because it's it's more personal. Yeah. And so to have yeah, an impersonal thing. third party, you know, speaking on it and offering constructive advice, um, I think definitely helps out a lot more. Yeah. And I try to do it so in a way that's very um, that's objective, you know, it's trying mm-hmm. not to. It's trying to get just ask them questions so that they can think differently about themselves. Right. I try not to say, here's the advice I want to give you. You know, it's not all just advice. It's like, okay, well, why would you say that? Why would you use that word? You know, you and I were talking about words before we started recording. Right. That's something I'll do too. It's like, well, why would you use the other day? A guy said to me, I'm disgusted by the way I approach women. And I was like, disgusted. Like, that's a very powerful word. Like, why would you use that word? So it's kind of just analyzing their own. Um, their own vocabulary and self-talk because everything we do is stemmed from our self-talk, which which grows, you know, which turns into our beliefs, which then then turns into our actions, which determines our life. So For sure. starts with the self-talk. Men don't do enough positive self-talk because they think it's feminine or they think it's weak. And this is what I focus on most because I and I want them to feel strong and the most masculine, improving that self-talk. I think that's awesome. And and I wanted to touch on something that you said where you were saying that. Um, you know, men don't get an opportunity to feel vulnerable or share their feelings, or they don't feel that they have the opportunity or permission to do that. And I think that that's definitely something that stems from, you know, culture, not American yeah. culture, like any culture. Um, you know, that's something that I'm really starting to get kind of obsessed with studying is like, you know, how masculinity is viewed as acceptable in different cultures, not just how it's defined, but what actions are acceptable. And you'll find that 
around the world, vulnerability is not really built into masculine culture. And I think Mm -hmm. it's something that we need to be discussing more, especially with our young men to say, you know, you guys can change the course of male behavior. And I heard a couple months ago defining it by redefining it. Yeah. And I think I heard a couple months ago, um, it was with the, the terrible Las Vegas tragedy that was probably actually a year ago, almost already. And, um, somebody brought up, they said, you know, you notice a lot of these mass shootings and a lot of these, these horrible expressions of, of anger. They're, they're committed by men. And I think there's a correlation to be tied there between, you know, male anger and this lack of vulnerability or feeling permission to share your feelings more often and talk openly. Like, I believe I have a mental illness or I'm sad. I'm distraught. I'm hurt. You know, we, I I notice even I don't do it and I'm, I'm considered to be a pretty sensitive guy, um, but I don't share uh, when something is actually bothering me. You know, and and then when I finally do, it usually ends up coming out in some sort of like a, a you know verbal outburst. And and you know, I know sometimes yeah. my wife is oh, like, yeah, "You didn't intend it to." Exactly. And I know, like, just the other day, my wife was like, "Where did that come from? <laughs> like, what mm-hmm. else is going on?" And I was like, "I just, I probably yeah. should just talk more often." You know. So yeah. um yeah, no, I but think the that's brain is not meant to talk as much as the female brain. So it's like even just your brain structure alone makes it more difficult. Like wow. then there's society on top of that that just right. reinforces like, you know, shut up, don't don't talk about your emotions, be a man. So I started I know I started following you um specifically for the dual reason that A, you're a relationship expert and B, you focus on helping men better understand themselves. For me that's that's really important, you know, cuz um as I mentioned before the the man enough movement, Justin Baldoni. For those who don't know, Justin Baldoni is a social media influencer, but he's best known for his role as uh, Rafael Solano, I think it is, on Jane the Virgin, um, which is a CW show. And uh, in his video series, Man Enough, which you can check out on YouTube, um, he invites fellow male actors, dancers, comedians, poets, philanthropists, and other influencers. And they have a casual yet open dinner roundtable discussing what it actually means to be a man in the 2000 teens. You know, what masculinity looks and acts like, how it's beneficial to our lives and the lives of the women we love to learn to be more sensitive and vulnerable with our emotions, feelings and philosophies. So, um, you know, that's what really kind of stood out to me when I saw this. Like you said, I don't I haven't seen I've seen a lot of self-help experts on Instagram, a lot of life coaches and other coaches I have yet to have seen, um, in my, in my interactions and explorations, a female to male, uh, relationship, relationship expert, excuse me. So Mm -hmm. that's what really kind of, uh, you know, attracted to me wanting, attracted me wanting to speak with you more. How did you get into this? Like, did you, did you try counseling females or did you try counseling everybody and did you discover that there was something special about you know the way that you related to men and and the the struggles that they go through in relationships yeah I mean that's interesting like you know because you just saying that just made me think well that's actually why I did it because there were no like I didn't see anyone helping men I didn't see any females helping men and I thought 
hey, there's so many like, there's so many female dating coaches that work with men and women, you know? Yeah. And you can tell that all their marketing is for women for the majority. Right. And then there's men um, who are mostly pickup artists, mm. pickup artists who are, who mm. are um, you know, training men to, to use the quick tips and tricks to play the game and get Heck the woman yeah. in with you. So yeah. I was like, okay, but where's like the actual relationship coach that's going to help this this guy like feel really great about himself and find a good woman. And there were none and especially no female ones. So I was like, okay, this is great. Um, and it kind of just matched where I was at the point in my life. I, especially like college years, I had a very, I had a very bad view of men in general. And of course I had great guys in my life, but I did like overall, I thought, you know, I thought men and the words that came to my mind were pigs, users, assholes. Mm -hmm. And that's really like what I would label them. And like, I would joke around with my friend and we would talk like that. And it's like now thinking about it, I'm like, holy, like, where was I? At that right. point? How was I thinking like that? And right. it's just, it's just, you know, it's the way we're conditioned. It's the, it's the way we experience things. And it was just having specific, I had like five specific guys in my life who at a certain point when I needed people most, when I needed the most help in my life, I had five men who just, they lived around the world. I met them through Instagram. Wow. And they were watching my videos. And at that time, I was just doing personal development. I wasn't talking relationships. I was just, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I would just make random videos and just put them out every day on Instagram. And I had these five guys that were like, you're doing amazing. Like, That's awesome. keep it up. Today's video is so great. Can you talk about this next time? And they were just so supportive. And I was yeah. like, wow, that's so nice. And they're men. And it's like, I never had these men support, like men supporting me in that way. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, if there are more guys like this, I want to help them. Like I want to, you know, I should work with these types of guys. Like how am I going to find these types of guys? And I just, when it came to starting my business and marketing, I just marketed in a way of just expecting that I would attract those men. And I did like all the guys on my page. I have not had a single, I probably had one like pervert come through that I ended up blocking. But like right. out of all the men I speak to who come to me on a daily basis through my DMS and just like on phone calls every day, I'm on phone calls. There was just not one disrespectful man. And it just like from the very start was I would be in tears. Wow. Random days I would just be in tears because I'm like, like, wow, I did not. And there's so many women who don't know all these amazing men exist. And exactly. it's just that breaks apart. You know, and I for a long time, I felt that it was kind of like a badge of honor to feel. And of course, this is a self-proclaimed title, but it was like a badge of honor to feel like, you know, um, you know, like you're the last of a dying breed, you know, of, mm -hmm. of guys that do take it upon themselves to focus on, okay, you know, how could I be more sensitive? How can I work on myself? I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I'm still a work in progress, like most of us, but I, I do find it, you know, working in a, in a sport and in an industry that is predominantly female, I find it very important to monitor what I say, how I say it, and to be that, kind of that lighthouse in the dark that shows these young girls like hey there are sensitive caring males out there that aren't going to always just you know be focused on trying to hit on you or you know uh, do something to take advantage of you um, that there are guys out there that that are going to love you for who you are and you don't need to adapt who that is at all um, to just be yourself but I think that you're exactly right. It would be so much better if this was not so uncommon, that it was more commonplace 
that guys are like this. And I, and I know, like you're saying, I'm seeing now that there are so many more men out there and young men that are like this, that share this mentality. It's just culture uh, would much rather show that just like everything else, you know, like watching the news culture would so much more rather show the negative sides of masculinity. Um, yeah. Cause and, it's more exciting, right? Right. You know, it's drama oh. and, but it's so damaging because just like you were saying, how you used to talk with your friend in college, I, 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 I'm noticing that too, not just about how, you know, um, um, you speak about women or female culture, how you speak about everybody, you know, like just catching yourself saying things that you're like, wow, I say that, but I don't necessarily come from that, that, you know, school of thought or that, that, um, you know, ideology. Like why would I then allow myself to speak like that if it's not a proper reflection of who I actually am? And so I think that that's a big part of this conversation. Like you were talking about self-talk and, you know, the words that we use, we have to be very mindful of how we're speaking about, um, you know, the opposite gender, our own gender and our own culture. Like we have to be very specific about the choices or the words that we choose to use. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll say that to, you know, I'll say that to my guys, even if it's something as simple as, well, like I tried, I just couldn't do it today. And then they'll just get in the habit of saying like, okay, I'll try. I'll try. I'm like, don't say mm. you'll try. Just say you'll do it. Right. Okay. Like, right. We'll Yoda. Shout out say- to Yoda. Do or do what? not. There is no try. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. There's no such thing. And it's just like getting out of the habit of saying, like, oh, like I'm a fucking failure. Like there's so many guys who are just like, oh, I'm a failure. Like I'm a loser. Like that's mm. why like, I just, I just suck. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's, you can't you can't bring yourself down if you want to focus on becoming better. There's no way in hell that you mm. can become a better version of you when you're when you have those words in your vocabulary. Right. Because, you know, as we were talking about, the brain will pick up on it and mm-hmm. the brain will take the easiest route and the quickest route. And that's usually just like, OK, like you're a loser. OK, you're a loser. Let's go act like a loser. There you go. And, and then that's your personality that right. turns into right. that. Tur- that changes who you are. And in order to. You can actually like rewire your entire brain by instilling a new vocabulary that strengthens you, that motivates right. you, that makes you feel good. And at first, yeah, it may not feel so natural because when you when you feel like say you feel like a loser and then you start saying words like I'm a strong guy, I can do this no matter what happens, I'm going to do it. OK, let's go. Right. You know, that may not feel good to you in the beginning if you're in that low, insecure place. Right. But with repetition and with body language added into it, you can actually manipulate your your brain and your body to have these beliefs and start becoming this person that you want to be. It just takes repetition and it takes the vocabulary. And, you know, like you said, like we pick up on words so easily and they come out so easily, but you have to be so cautious, like so careful of what you say, even if you don't believe it, even the music that comes into your ears, like mm-hmm. what are the lyrics saying? Because they're sticking exactly. with you, you want them to or not. Right. It's crazy. There's so many correlations between the way you and I coach in our different industries, specificity, repetition, and unfamiliarity. Those are all things that I'm always talking to my athletes about, you know, they're like, oh, that felt, you know, they try a skill for the first time and they'll start dogging themselves like, oh, it could have been better. That that felt really bad. I'm like, yo, pump the brakes for a second. You've never tried this before in your life. And, you know, compound on top of that, the fact that your brain is interpreting this as a foreign threat. It's an illogical threat to your safety, 
to its safety. You know, I, I've mentioned on the show many times, the brain is a self-preservationist. And so, like you were just saying, it wants to take the shortest route to an action so that it doesn't have to risk danger or exposure, right? Mm-hmm. So that we have to stay in that place of complacency and safety. And that's why, like you're saying, you know, it, it'll feel foreign when you start changing your self-talk because if think about it, if you if the brain wants you to be comfortable and complacent, then where you are most comfortable existing is where the brain is going to feel comfortable. If you're comfortable existing in a place of negativity, that's where the brain is going to feel comfortable. And the moment you try to traverse outside of that comfort zone, the brain starts pulling you back. I have a friend that had this great quote. He said, the brain has to stretch to accept a new idea. And when you think about that analogy, Think about the brain stretching. Any kind of stretching usually hurts, especially if you haven't stretched in a long time. But it makes you better at the end of the day. You get more flexible. You have better range of motion. You have more fluidity in your movement, and it helps with your blood flow. So um, I think that you're hitting the nail on so many heads. Like it just I love what you're saying because it's exactly the same thing that I say. Repetition, specificity, and understanding why something feels so unfamiliar instead of saying, Oh, I don't like that. That feels weird. I'm probably doing it wrong. Let me go back to my safe place. Yeah. And I'll warn my clients too. Like when I take them through a body mind exercise, I'll say, look right now you may, it may not feel good, but you have to keep doing it because no, you don't want to stay in the place where you're in. So of course your brain wants you to stay in the comfort bubble, but if you're not happy in the comfort bubble, and you want to get out, then you have to do something that feels weird, that feels different. And as long as you trust me, you know, just keep doing it and then notice, notice how your, your mindset changes. And it does, it always does. And they're just like, wow, mind blown. (laughs) I think we're going to trade services, Steph. I'm going to teach you how to tumble. You're going to teach me how to uh, be a more confident man. Yes. (laughs) And we're just, we're going to coach each other coaching. It's going to be amazing. Right. Oh my God. I think that'd be awesome. That'd we'll be have to a mind. <laughs> right. Right. Mind blown moment. So, uh, what? Moving on to the, my next thought, and something we've kind of already touched on already. But what I like about, like I was saying, what I like about the way you coach and that your and your business is that you're coming from a place of let me help you better understand. And as I, uh, you know, shared with you, the keystone uh, to my show is understanding you know if we seek to understand more we can learn to fear less and outperform our greatest fears um in your experience what are three of the most common fears you find men and women face when it comes to dating well i'll give you four um one putting yourself out there Mm. two fear of commitment Mm -hmm. three Fear of sharing or showing emotions. Mm. And four, fear of judgment, especially with social media today. So maybe you can, yeah, that's huge. Maybe you can walk us through each of those fears um, in your experience. And how do you go about helping your clients to better understand themselves in those areas so that they can get back to a confident place? Yeah, well, I'd say that putting yourself out there is is huge because it's just and I think that that really um, starts with self-talk right because if we're talking if we're talking ourselves down that's when our self-worth becomes lower and lower and we feel like 
you know, we're, we're not worth it for others to hear what we have to say. And we don't really matter. And what, why even put myself out there? What do I have to give? And it's just, it starts with, with just that self-talk. That's just not, not in the right place right especially like a lot of men have this like they deal with self-worth and self-worth like lack of self-worth right and i'll start them by saying um you know what are you good at like what do you have to give what can you give to someone else right now or what could you give me like could you give me advice right now like what are your greatest strengths and it's kind of just having them refocus and shift their mindset and all the things they have going for them and all the things they've done for other people that other people have appreciated or you know, things they just have to offer in terms of their personality, in terms of, you know, their humor. And it's just when you're in that low place, you have that mindset of just beating yourself up. You you don't ever look at the things that you do have going for you. And all of us have things. All of all of these men, every single one of them have great talent and they have strengths and they right. have, you know, all these great capabilities and, and they're great communicators. They're such great men and great people. And it's just they don't see it at all. And it's kind of like just shifting them back on okay, well, I know you haven't focused on any of this, so let's talk about it. Let's dig wow. into it, go into the details of it. Right. And when you do, that brings up emotions that make them feel good. And it's like, you know, these new these new emotions that they'll get off the phone with me and be like, I feel amazing. I don't even know, like, I don't even know why. I just feel amazing. I'm like, because we just brought up all this stuff from you that you haven't thought about that has to do with you and how, you, right. how great, you know, you could potentially feel on a daily basis, but you choose not to because right. look where your focus is. So... I think it really just stems from that is like build, build yourself up, be afraid to put yourself out there. And you look at not putting yourself out there as a disservice to the community. Like mm. I, I find it selfish, like knowing what I know now, if I quit my business today, that would be selfish of me I because I have so agree. much to offer. Right. I have so much to give these men. I have so many lives to change. And by me keeping that to myself is a disservice. It is right. It's hurting me and everyone else. I, one of my biggest things is, is multiplying the talents. You know, it's like one of my favorite parables from the Bible where you, you have the three servants that were given a, a certain amount of money by their master and he went on a trip. And so the first two made a return on his investment. They said, you know, um, I went out and I invested the money or I went out and I bought certain goods and I resold them and I made you a profit. And then the third servant was like, well, you know, master, I know you to be a harsh man with your money. So I buried it and I hid it away. And the master turns to him and says, you know, uh, you, you calls him basically like a, a disloyal and, and disobedient servant. But the, for the other two, he says, well done, good and faithful. Like what you've been given little and I'm going to give you and reward you with much more because you actually took that money and you made it more. And what I love about that parable is that the, that the um, denomination of money is actually called talents. Like back in uh, the ancient times, they were actually called talents. And so mm -hmm. you can apply that to now, like exactly what you were saying. It would be a disservice and selfish if you were to sit on or hide away your talents when you could be multiplying them, making a return on that investment and sharing them with everybody, because that's why we call them gifts and talents in the first place. They're meant yeah. to be shared with people. So I think that's beautiful. That is a very, very poignant point. And really quick, I wanted to, on that first point, that first fear, the fear of putting you out there, um, you were saying, has a lot to do with your self-worth and the way that you view yourself. I know a lot of guys that will listen to this are going to be like, well, I, I love myself. I'm very confident. And I wanted to maybe see what you thought about the difference between ego, arrogance, confidence, 
and self-worth. How are the first three different from the last one? I mean, a question I often get um, is what's the difference between confidence and cocky? Right. Um, So I guess like ego and arrogance can kind of go in that cocky zone. Mm -hmm. For sure. (laughs) Um, And I think like confidence is knowing your self-worth is high and knowing Mm -hmm. that you're a value, but not having to prove it. You don't have to prove yourself. Um, When it comes to arrogance and ego, it's that, and that like cocky persona that many women, you know, loathe. Yeah. Loathe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Detest. That's that's always, that's always him trying to prove himself. And it's not like a prove himself to her and she sees it as that, but it's really just him trying to prove it to himself. Exactly. Yeah. That's where it comes from because his self, his self worth, his self worth is low. Yeah. And for you to really understand if you, if you have a healthy level of self worth is to just look in the mirror and, and like, what's the first three things you think when you look in the mirror? Like yeah. this is an exercise I do with a lot of my clients is like, look in the mirror right now. What are the three top words that come to your head? Yeah. And yeah. they're either very negative or they're very positive. Wow. It's really interesting. Like yeah. either all three are negative or all three are positive. Wow. So that's, I think because, and I think the guys who like a bunch of my clients, when we start out, they can't look at themselves in the mirror. So I think that's a really good way of going about it. Like when no one else is in the room, when no women are around, you know, it's just you yeah. versus you. Right. What are your feelings? I remember there was a time for me personally when I used to do that and I would walk into the, you know, like was washing my hands in the bathroom. There was a time where I was very um, depressed and wasn't admitting that I was depressed. And mm-hmm. it was when I was a freelance graphic designer and I was spending most of my time here at home on the computer 14 hours a day. And the interesting thing was like my wife at that time, we weren't married, but she was here. And at one point she, I remember her telling me like, you're here all the time. Like we're here together, but you're not present. And I remember I would look at myself in the mirror during that time. And, and I was depressed just because I wasn't feeling my self-worth was so low. I didn't feel like I was actually making a contribution to anything. And while I was working so hard to build up this business that I thought I wanted to be in um i was failing to see that there was no value being added to anybody's life especially mine especially hers and i would look Mm -hmm. at myself and the first three words would all be negative and i think at one point i was like you know like you're just it was just very negative like you know i hate you and i look back on that i'm just like that was so sad because i wish i had taken the moment to recognize like this is a problem and thankfully it didn't progress from there. Um, but you know, when I decided to step into coaching, it was a part-time thing while I was designing and I just came alive again because I was interacting with humans. And when it, when I finally realized I'm not, it's not what I do, it's how I do it. So I'm not doing this because I have this knowledge. I'm doing this because I have a very specific way of looking at how to perform these skills and, I like playing detective. I like playing counselor and, and therapist, you know, like when I'm talking to the kids and realizing sometimes they don't have anyone else to talk to and how a session with us, you know, doing a private lesson, working on a back handspring can turn into, 
you know, this is why my week was so shitty and, and I needed somebody to tell. And, yeah. um, so yeah, I think that right? you can totally tell like who never talks to anyone and oh, who sure. has a very supportive environment, like family environment for sure. You know, and I, I used to get kids that would show up crying and I'm like, what happened? I just had an argument with my mom in the car ride over here. Or, you know, I got picked on today at school. Of course they don't say it like that, but that's essentially what happened. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's so, it's so disheartening and so sad because one of the things that I know many sports have, many coaches, if you're a coach listening, please pay attention. What we need to stop saying is leave it at the door. Have you ever heard that expression? Yes. I hate that expression now. Now that I'm not a head coach, I understand more intimately why that is so damaging because as human beings, we are intrinsically intertwined with our emotions. So telling somebody to leave their emotions at the door and leave everything else that they experienced throughout that day at the door is so damaging because it's going to influence their performance at your practice or at your session, whatever you're doing. It's going to influence it. And that is if you want to be a great coach, you need to learn to be invested with their entire life and not just what they can add, the value can add, they can add to your team. Because they will add so much more value if you actually take the time, dig a little deeper, and get to know them and, and ask, how can I help you with what you're experiencing? Yeah. 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 And that's a huge reason why when I first start working with – well, the first the first form I give anyone before they have a phone call with me is, is um, all topics relating to all aspects of life, like financial, career, friendships, family – and then there's, you know, spouse, significant other, um, fun. So I have them rate all of these things because I don't want to leave any – if one of these things are super low, that most likely is related to their biggest dissatisfaction in life, mm. you know, which which keeps them from attracting the woman they want. Right. So anything is just related. And I'll never say like, oh, don't talk about finances. Like this isn't related to relationships. Everything is related. Yep. So – it's very important to whatever, you know, that gives me a sense of what their block is. And then when we can go into that part of their life and dissect it and analyze it, then that's the only way they can, you know, be healed from it. If they're not having any fun, you know, and they're just working and super stressed, like how are they going to, you know, be able to relax and, and go out to meet a woman? And how are they, if they do meet a woman, how are they going to approach her if they're always high, strong and stressed? It's like, you need fun. You need, you know, you need play. You need, you need to enjoy what you're doing on a daily basis. You need to have friendships who support you. So all of these things tie in. Like you can't leave anything at the door. Like everything just has is related to everything. Wow. You need to have that healthy balance of the good and the bad. That's awesome. That how yeah. how have you noticed that um, your your clients exhibit a fear of commitment? Like how is how is commitment something that um, gets to the point where they're fearful of it. I think they, they don't know what they want. Mm. And it's really interesting because one of my first questions uh, on my first call, the free call I do is what do you, I go through the dissatisfaction, like what's going on? Like what's your, you know, what's the main challenge right now? Right. And then I go, well, what do you want? Like, what do you want it to look like? And then it's like, well, I don't want it to look like this. And like, this, I hate it when this happens, <laughs> but that wasn't the question. The question right. is, what do you want? And this happens every single call. And it's just interesting how everyone is just 
so focused on what's going wrong. And, you know, like I said, it's all mindset. So Mm -hmm. it ties back to the focus being on what's not working and what they're afraid of and, and why it won't happen. And it's just like, you know, especially when it comes to women. And once I'm coaching them, I have them do this again. I'm like, what type of women do you want? Like, who, who do you want to be committed to? Right. Like, what does she look like? What does she taste like? What does she smell like? What does she, where does she go to drink her coffee? Like get specific about the type of person you want to attract. So you have kind of like that avatar to keep in mind right. when you're, when you're going to meet people or when you're talking to people and have like, know what things you can, you can't live without or know what, know what things you need in a relationship. What are your needs? What are the boundaries you have to set? What can you not stand? Like, what are your pet peeves? And people don't want to like the, for those men who are very uncomfortable and people in general, uncomfortable with themselves, don't go into these details. And then therefore just blame it on, well, like I can't commit, like I'm not committed. Mm. I'm not, I can't do it. And it's like, no, because you don't know what you really want and you're not digging into yourself enough to figure it out. And then you're settling for, I hate to use that term, but you know, you're, you're without that specificity, you're saying, okay, well, I, I think this will, this is what I want. I think. Yeah. Like this feels good right now. Meanwhile, the dopamine is high and it's like date number two. And then Mm -hmm. you get caught in this relationship where you're at a certain age and you, you're just like, ah, screw it. Like, let's, I guess we're happy. We'll get married. And My then, options are limited. And, you know, we make up all these excuses to justify it, basically. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It's just, yeah, it's all excuses. And, you know, I think, you know, fear of commitment also has to do with you're not committed to yourself. And if you're not committed to yourself, you can't be committed to someone else. I think that's huge. I was just uh, sharing one of Eric Thomas's um, famous speeches uh, called You Owe You. And he's talking about, you know, we have all these guarantees that people make to us and we hold them to it, but we don't hold ourselves to guarantees. You know, like he's saying, like, you know, if 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 we're given a 30 day money back guarantee and we're not satisfied in those 30 days, we expect our money back. But he said, but when when was the last time you expected something of yourself that same way where you aren't doing what you said you were going to do? So how can you expect someone else to do what what you what they say they're going to do? You know, so you owe it to yourself to have all of these things to, you know, be as specific as possible, but then hold yourself to a certain standard as well. If you're going to hold other people to that, you know, similar standard or same standard. Yeah. Yeah. And it all starts with you. Like it starts with you because if you don't love yourself enough, you don't have enough love to give. Mm. And if you don't, if you're not committed to yourself, you can't commit to someone else. It's like you need to practice what you want in your life. Like if you want something from, your partner, your future partner, you have to practice that yourself and make sure you can give it to yourself. Practice the skill, understand it, become more aware of it, know what it looks like, how it feels. And then, and then that's when you tie it to a relationship. And that's when you know, you could be satisfied with that relationship. Hold yourself to a higher standard and then ask yourself why if things are going wrong, I think, and that's the other thing he said, things are going wrong. We're so quick to point the finger at somebody else and say, this is why Mm -hmm. instead of like you said, looking in the mirror, pointing the finger at yourself and saying, what are you not doing? What could I be doing better? Yeah. That's awesome. 